This is The Dish, the official podcast of the National Reconnaissance Office, brought to you by the NRO's Office of Public Affairs. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Dish. I'm Victoria Stonecipher, representing NRO's Office of Public Affairs. I'm joined by Edwin Chapman, GeoEnt Learning Center subject matter expert for the Geospatial Intelligence Systems Acquisition Directorate. Edwin co-authored a book titled NRO Launch, A Pictorial History, that covers all NRO launches from 1996, when the NRO began to declare launches, to the present. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do here, Edwin? Yes, so I work in the GeoEnt front office. Um, I manage the GeoEnt Learning Center. So essentially, I'm in charge of all the GeoEnt training, and I schedule all the courses and manage all the training for the GeoEnt Directorate. Um, I also do all the historical displays and multimedia content for the GeoEnt Directorate, as well as manage all of our artifacts and the artifact program. Um, I do a lot of work with CSNR, the history office, and we loan each other artifacts and share historical information and things like that. Nice. So starting out with the book itself, will this book capture the complete NRO launch history? No, this is only going to have the launches from 1996 until 2021. Uh, that's when the NRO started declaring launches and we actually had the NROL numbers assigned to them and they started making the patches and logos. So why did the NRO wait until 1996 to begin declaring launches when the NRO was declassified in 1992? So when the NRO was first declassified in 1992, very little information was actually given out, um, just the name, uh, a couple of the director's names, and some of the offices, but there was no operational information or anything like that. So when President Clinton joined office, he started declassifying the oldest programs like Corona and Gambit, and then that led to more openness, and we started declassifying more things, and the launches started being publicly announced because you can't really hide a rocket launching from California or Florida for too long before people start asking questions. That's true. <laughs> um, will there ever be an NRO launch history volume one for launches from 61 to 96? Um, there could be, but a lot of things would have to get declassified first. Uh, there's a lot more information that would need to be brought to the public before we could do anything like that. Uh, we do have a small nod to the Krona, Gambit, Hexagon, Poppy, and Grab launches from 1959 to 1986, and that's in the beginning of this book. Um, I, we do intend on keeping this book updated, and we're going to release another version that's going to carry on to more years, probably the next 10 years. Oh, that's exciting. That's something to look forward to. Yeah. Now, let's shift into the launch patches. How did the launch patch tradition begin? Are there certain requirements to creating the patches, and what role does the NRO patch play for each launch? So NRO patches is actually a tradition that stems from the NASA manned flight program. Oh. So uh, this goes all the way back to the Gemini 5 mission. Um, the astronauts used to be able to name their spacecraft, and NASA told them that they had to stop doing that. So Gordon Cooper, which is the main astronaut for the Gemini 5 program. He asked them to compromise and let him design a patch instead. It's called a Cooper patch, and his original patch had a covered wagon and said eight days or bust. 
because the mission was supposed to last eight days. And NASA felt that that was going to be a public relations nightmare if it didn't last eight days or something else happened. So they said, we'll let you use the patch, but you have to take off the eight days or bust. So they did, and then it, it flew. And then that carried on to all the manned missions in NASA. And then the NRO picked it up when they started doing their unmanned flights. <laughs> so just like NASA, we have a process that all logos and patches have to go through. It's to ensure that they meet the standards and core values of the NRO. And they go through a very lengthy design process Actually, a lot of patches, they can go through multiple revisions or be changed entirely based on the requirements before they're actually released to the public. That makes sense. So since 1996, the NRO has launched 59 missions and is planning its 60th mission on February 2nd, 2022 with Enroll 87. Despite the COVID-19 pandemic, 2020 was one of the busiest launch years to date with six launches and 12 payloads. Can you take a moment to discuss the significance of the six launch patches of 2020? Yeah, so 2020 was definitely a tough year for us because of mm-hmm. COVID and we had minimal staffing, and but we had to keep the mission going and there was a lot of uh, stress. With all that going on, we still had to get six launches out the door. Right. Uh, so the mission never stopped. We did whatever we had to do. And in fact, we had a lot of milestones that year. We had the first NRO launch from a foreign land, uh, New Zealand. Uh, We had our first dedicated launch from Wallops Flight Facility, which is a NASA station. Uh, We launched new capabilities and constantly delivering on mission. Uh, We also had to coordinate with four different launch vehicle providers, you know, instead of just ULA. And it's really hard. So the the patches or the logos, that's the main thing that for the public that goes through, like endures throughout time, because that's what they're going to associate with that launch forever. So it's a really big deal for everyone in that program office and everyone that's involved to see that logo on like the fairing and all the multimedia stuff and people outbidding each other on eBay for these things. It's it, it's really significant, and those patches reflect that, especially during that year. What sparked the inspiration to create the book this year? So it actually started last year during COVID um, with a very boring task of organizing records, cleaning up the share drive, you know, things like that. I was starting to organize our records, our launch information, and I started getting it all together, and then I go, okay, well, let me do all the other directorates and started organizing all their launch stuff. And then I just built this huge repository that I've I've searched everywhere. And if you can believe it, nobody else has this repository. So I had the first complete one. And then looking back at it, I was like, well, this would be a really great book. So then I started making it into a book and putting all this information together and it just kept growing. And then when I showed it to the history office, they were over the moon about it, and we've been working on it for the last year to try to get it for the 60th anniversary. Nice. Yeah, I can only imagine how much work that took and how long it took and the amount of patience you have to go through all of that. (laughs) Yeah, if if you can imagine, you're searching hundreds of thousands of records and to try to find, you know, the, the logos and 
sometimes you can't even find the logos. You just have high res images of the patches. So you're trying to digitally recreate this logo that from an artist. And eventually I ended up finding all the original artwork of all the patches, both the NRL mission patches and the booster patches for this book. But it was an unbelievable search process. Yeah. <laughs> The story behind Enroll 10, which launched December 6, 2000, is one that I'm not sure that too many people are aware of. Can you explain the tribute of its mission and the significance of the patch? Yeah, so this launch logo was actually dedicated to Daniel Potter, who was an engineer here at the NRO. Uh, he was also a strong supporter of the NRO Cub Run Partnership. Uh, so when he wasn't working here, he spent a lot of his personal time tutoring students at that elementary school. And he was a very strong source of inspiration uh, for those students to pursue math and science, uh, which are traits that the NRL, you know, looks for. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away before the launch happened. Uh, so to honor his memory and the dedication to his students in the NRO, uh, the NRO Cub Run Partnership had a launch design contest. Um, they chose Ursa Major, the Great Bear, as the theme, which also complements the Cub Run's mascot, which is the Bear Cub. Out of 700 entries, Samantha Wingo was chosen as the winner, uh, so they digitized her art and they made it larger than life on the fairing of the rocket. And it meant a lot for her and Daniel's family to honor him in that way. I can imagine. It's a beautiful tribute. Now, we can't talk about Enroll Patches without talking about Spike the Lizard. Spike was featured on the patch of Enroll 61 and won the hearts of Twitter in the August social media poll and came in second on Facebook. What can you tell us about Spike the Lizard? So there's actually two interesting things about the 61 logo. Uh, One is because actually initially the... uh, the logo that was for 61 wasn't the lizard. It was really? a totally different logo, you know, without any details, Greek mythology. At the 11th hour, they chose the lizard. And it's more interesting, too, because this is actually the only one that's had a very involved launch campaign to the point of animating the character and putting it in a comic strip and his prepping for his mission and, uh, you know, saying bye to his family and and then launching on the rocket. So it was a very interesting uh, campaign and something that hasn't been done before. Yeah. I'm I'm a fan of Spike myself, (laughs) so. Another patch that's widely talked about is the Enroll 39 patch. This patch features an octopus wrapping itself around the world and was viewed as ominous in comparison to Enroll 10 and more recent patches. How have patches changed since the earlier launches to avoid the public viewing the NRO as ominous? There's actually been a thorough variety of patches, I think, over the years since 39. Um, There's still been some ominous patches and some more whimsical. Mm -hmm. You know, every design is reviewed by multiple offices across the NRO uh, to gain insight and different perspectives on, you know, how one would view the, the logo. And then it's approved by NRO senior leadership before any design is officially approved and released to the public. The, de- the design of these logos can carry on for months and they can be total reworks and things like that. 
because we want to make sure that the design is consistent with NRO standards and core values. Right. So sometimes we'll still have ominous looking patches, even though that's not the intent. But yeah, everyone is unique and everyone ha- you know, has a different viewpoint on how they see the patches. But yeah, definitely 39 was definitely an interesting one. It was. <laughs> I do have one final question that is opinion-based rather than fact-based. What is your favorite launch patch and your favorite launch and why? Well, to uh, avoid having any bias, um, it's actually difficult to pick a single launch patch. As a favorite, they're all unique and they all have really interesting stories and designs and why they were chosen and the meaning behind them. Uh, It's actually been really interesting working on this book because people will come to me and they'll tell me these stories about these patches that I've never heard before. And it's really cool to get those perspectives, especially from like when directors are coming to me and they're like, I remember that one and we had this and this and this happened. It's, it's very interesting. And I know it's, it's definitely hard to just pick one. Uh, there's been so many. I do know that I've seen almost all the patches that are coming up in 2022 and there's some really awesome looking ones. And I think the public is going to have some more favorites this year. I think so, too. Well, Edmund, thank you so much for joining me today. We look forward to the release of NRO Launch, A Pictorial History, and we'll be sure to link it to social media when it comes out. Thanks to our listeners for joining us on these 10 episodes. And to all the launch fans out there, stay tuned. 2022 will be a busy year. The NRO provides reconnaissance support to the intelligence community and the Department of Defense and is dedicated to going above and beyond to protect our nation and its citizens.